Welcome to our very first special episode of Conversation on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining me on the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Hill. Hello. And Sabine. Hi. So for our very first special, which marks the halfway mark of season one, uh, we filled some topics from the fandom as well as some topics hopefully of our own. And they are couples that we wish could have happened, characters we simply can't defend, characters who got bad breaks, and then hopefully our rants as well at the end. <laughs> so let's kick this off with couples that we wish could have happened. So panel, we are now open up to the whole of the tribe, um, all five series, including the books. Um, so from the whole scope of the tribe, what couples did you wish really should have happened? Truly and Pride. Oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah. I, I thought for sure you were going to go immediately for Trudy and Bray. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I was shocked, Sabine. Sabine goes, that's too predictable even for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, I could totally see that, Trudy and Pride. You know, um, I know I've uh, dabbled with that in fan fiction and role playing. And um, yeah, I could totally see that relationship. Yeah, there's there's just such a lovely moment between them when Trudy goes to search for Amber and Bray. You see this lovely, cute moment of Pride, Trudy, and Brady together, and it's just adorable. And ever since, I've always wanted to see more of that. He always was very precious with Brady, so that would have been an interesting little family unit. And I didn't I write something like that for you once for a Secret Santa. Absolutely. Yeah, the two of them in the future happily settled down. I can totally see that. I can. I think uh, Pride would be a nice counterbalance to Trudy. He's so grounded and... Yeah, I'm totally on board with that. I would have loved to see the two of them as well. I think that would have been an interesting exploration. Yeah, he, he might have, you know, been able to handle her mood swings. And she seems... He would have, though. I think that would have been too much issues for Pride. I mean, we say that, but he handled both May and Celine. So, yeah, I think, yeah, easily could have yeah. done. Yeah, I can see Trudy in Pride. Yeah, and she, she seemed so much happier when she was with the Gaians, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think it's a good balance, you know? Um, Trudy is dramatic, you know, and can be high-strung with her emotions. And you, that often helps if your partner is more on the calm side, where very little rattles them, mm-hmm. you know, so he's not going to be bothered by her mood swings. That's just who she is. And he's fine with it, you know, and he would help ground her and center her. And also, I think she'd be good for him because Trudy's a very passionate person and pride needs passion in his life. Yeah. So I thought about this earlier. And even though we saw them as a couple um, in the end of the season, and I'll probably talk about it when we get there, but uh zondra starts to change a little bit when they go to eagle mountain because by that point we know she's pregnant and everything i think we know she's pregnant i don't know but uh she kind of mellows out a little bit and i would have liked to see more of like her and lex's relationship with her mellowed i agree like we got gypped out of what could have been in that yeah. relationship. They're both you, growing up and maturing and and you see that at the beginning of season two when he finds out that she did die. Like 
it's a it's one of my favorite scenes actually so i wish we would have seen kind of the what would have been with the two of them mm-hmm. i think that's my favorite couple we've never seen though yeah that's an interesting pool. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I agree fully i feel like we got cheated not seeing what could have mm-hmm. happened between them mm-hmm. you know they had ca- ca- gotten over such a hurdle you know yeah i don't do the crack ships too much embrace it come on i, I there aren't really like you must have one, one like impossible pairing that just works. Like, if it... well, okay, I lied, I lied. There is yeah, one. There is I one. forgot. I forgot because in my mind, it's it is a thing, and I, I, I don't care. I'm the biggest Ambex person ah. ever. Okay, fine. That is the only one I do in my head. It's Cameron and Lex and Amber are a couple. Screw it. I don't care. What what about them that draws you so much? What do you think works would work about them? I just okay, so like and Liz has said it, I'm not gonna rehash it any well any way and it won't work, but like let or Amber knows how to deal with legs in like this weird sort of way. And it just it's fun because she can get under his skin and kinda like boss him around, but there's a mutual sort of like agreement with the two of them. Mm-hmm. I like it. I don't care. It's a thing. There's um there's a couple scenes like in the first couple episodes where like it's like unwritten chemistry, like the blocking, like he'll cross her, like put his hand and it's just I've totally read into those. It it's a thing. I would have liked to see Trudy and Hawk. I'll buy into that one. I just would have liked to see more of Hawk in general. Yeah. And I think he provides the same sort of stability and calm that Pride would have, but without the drama that, you know, Pride finds himself in the middle of. And I I love the idea of the two of them being happy with the Gaians, you know, and her finding, you know, someone that she just works with outside the city, outside of the drama, outside of all the other characters. I just think they would have looked really good together, and I think they would have worked well together. And he's always by her side. We see that a lot, you know, and looking out for her and like oh man i i would have liked to see those two it's in the same sort of vein um jet i was her name jet and dal yes because i want to see more um jet like once again what's her name she's the leader of the goals that one i think that would have been a cool thing to see yes 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 uh completely agree i think we can agree or safely agree that we want we would have liked to see more of those minor characters that we yeah. only saw a few episodes of, like Hawk and Jet. Yeah, Dal and Jet is definitely. I wrote the fan fiction. It's it happened. <laughs> Where is that? I want head. that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I love that. That's my head canon. When everything else was that. going down, these two were sneaking off <laughs> together. I I believe it. Like it's a it's a romance that ends tragically because you know Dal meets his demise, but. It was beautiful what lasted. So, Lance, what about you? I was thinking about this earlier. Um, I think there's something about Alice and Ryan that mm. comforts okay. me. Yeah, yes. I like, yeah. I like the yeah. idea of them. Absolutely. Alice <laughs> Absolutely. 
I, I think this just would work well. <laughs> like, right, they're both very passionate about protecting people they, they love. Um, yeah, she'd be good for him. And yeah, vice versa. I think they just would work quite well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm 100% in agreement with that. They are both full of win and just some of the greatest people you'll ever know. And they deserve an, a partner who's equally great and wonderful and devoted. But I also love the fact that Alice would add spice to Ryan's life, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, <laughs> and of course, Ryan just would bring that soft sensitivity to Alice's. He'd, he'd make her feel so beautiful and feminine and cherished, which she totally deserves. And oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> There's there's one pairing that's still sort of stuck in my head, but that's because I ship Trudy with everyone. <laughs> and we all say Lex is a whore. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it. I do the same thing, Sabine. I, I ship Trudy with a lot of people, too. There's this moment in the last season that makes me want to ship Trudy with Mega. Me, too. Me, too. I, it's a headcanon thing. I have written the fictions... I even have an like an out of fantasy story. It has nothing to do with the tribe where the two of them were soulmates in the before and then they found they did they just didn't find each other and Mega's last thoughts before he dies is that, oh my gosh, she was here the whole time and I forgot all about her and oh my gosh, I'm with you. <laughs> and we have a stamp of approval there. <laughs> because Mega agreed on that. I'm trying to see it. I am I mean, Trudy had a thing for guys that were a bit evil. But she is a bit evil. Oh, did I say <laughs> that? Yeah, you said that out loud, Bill. <laughs> I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> no, but hey, that might work, you know? Evil and evil. One of the younger couples I would have enjoyed seeing is Chloe and Casey. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed their tug-of-war dynamic as children. And I mm-hmm. thought they had a stronger... Uh, friendship than he had with anybody else aside from Lex I really would have loved it if Casey had stuck around and then the two of them came into their maturity together <laughs> pulling pigtails yeah. and throwing mud <laughs> I would have been- <laughs> we saw a lot of Casey but it's it's characters that didn't have like a fair shot that we want them to be happy like I would have liked to see Casey be happy with someone yeah, I think that's. I can't think of any other couples that I would have really loved to have seen. Okay, let's flip the conversation a little bit. Let's um, think about couples that you wished never would have happened. Fashion Amber. <laughs> I've said it. <laughs> you wish Bray and Trudy hadn't happened? No, Jay and Trudy. Oh, okay. I was like, sorry. Jay and Trudy should not have happened. Bray and Jay, anybody? No. Jay and everyone. I was going <laughs> to say. Jay and everybody. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I, I will say that I, I do enjoy the movies that James Naper has made. I like him. Don't like his character. Um, couples we don't like. I guess a couple I would have preferred not to see, not because I have a problem with the characters, I just didn't buy into their relationship, would probably be May and Pride. Yeah. yeah. It just never yeah. worked for me. I mean, granted, the show is smart to show that it wasn't a love match and, you know, the whole pride dug himself into in that relationship but i just i never saw it between the two of them didn't think they worked yeah i'm gonna come out and say it <laughs> say it. ned and alice yeah i, I, I yeah. never liked ned and alice together i thought he dragged her down i don't think he brought anything meaningful to their relationship um and yeah i don't really particularly like ned but 
as a couple as well, he didn't really do anything for for Alice. Uh, I didn't like Ned it. also feels like one of those void characters, though, that they just kind of stuck in to fill a missing piece and never really. I don't. I don't blame them for this. Like, never came into his own, but we got rid of him when we needed him to get rid of because he was awful. Yeah, I agree. I don't think Ned brought much to Alice. Like, Alice makes him a better person. She brings out a lot of good Ned. But, um, I mean, granted, he did make her feel good. He made her feel happy. So there's that. And I can't write him off entirely because of that. But I often felt like she just got saddled with Ned. Yeah. And I never liked yeah. that feeling. Like, mm -hmm. what, Alice can't have a premium choice guy? Why did they just throw Ned at her? I didn't really enjoy it. That's the thing. It all, it, for me, it always felt like, like that was the first love kind of thing. And Alice could have done so much better, but that was like the guy who was willing to give her attention. So why not? Even though it was not a good relationship. To me, that combination kind of feels like it should have been Ryan, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, even, okay, so you can see why Alice was interested in Lex. But there was, like, they tried to make, like, Ned this proxy, but there was nothing in Ned that reflected, like, Lex to kind of show that attraction that she felt for him. It just, no, I didn't, I, yeah, mm. I never bought into it. It always felt like he was, Alice was settling for him. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what I was trying to get at. And then she found, like, okay, there's some cool things about him, you know, why not? You know, and I just, and I always thought she deserved better. And I do wish we had had more time to get to know Ned. Because I do think that his development was interesting with Alice. But again, I felt like she was doing more of the work in making him a better person just by merit of being in his life. And he wasn't bringing anything to the table, really, except empty promises to Alice. Oh, I have another one. Jack and Ellie? Yep. <laughs> eh. See, I, I think they did work. Yeah. Uh, but then when the, yeah, the whole Luke scenario did sour my opinion of the couple, but yeah. Um, yeah. Mm, I'm, I'm on a I, just, I personally think Jack and, uh, Jack and Ellie are the most realistic depiction of young love growing up together. That's kind of how I always felt, That's too. True. You know what I mean? Like, they meet, they're like, what, 13 years old, and they have that first flush of adoration and puppy love. And then life gets real, you know what I mean? And your attentions change and you don't expect that to happen when you're that young and Ellie finds, falls for someone else, you know? And I love the way they find their way back to each other. It's just very realistic. Like by the time they get to their happy ending, it felt earned, you know? Like get to watch these two grow up together. You know, they are very different at the end than they were when they were young because they're not little kids anymore and have a stronger idea of what it is to love someone. And so... I really enjoyed watching Jack and Ellie, even if they're not my favorite couple. I thought they were depicted very well. I think it was one of those healthy relationships in the tribe. Very realistic. Yeah, very healthy, very realistic, very organic. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of Jack and Ellie. Good job. I don't know. I just often feel felt bad for Jack. You know, are they technically the longest relationship in the tribe? I can't remember. Yeah, probably. Pretty sure. <laughs> later an hour in like two hours i'm gonna be like oh yeah i hated this couple <laughs> <All right. Yeah. laughs> and no one has mentioned sasha in his list. wait hold on wait no did my grumble not get onto the thing because as soon as lance <laughs> said favorite or least favorite couples i went sasha and amber and i ned and alice and i went down this whole thing did that not get in 
Did you guys not hear that? Okay, I'm going to fight you on that one because I uh. Sasha helped bring joy to Amber. Um, yes, he did. He helped alleviate all the pressure that was on her shoulders and he helped open her up to a different way of life. Uh, I think they... And he, they were never ultimately going to work because Amber's is um, way too focused on trying to build something um, within the city rather than run away. But um, yeah, th- it was a couple that was needed. It was at the right place, at the right time, and yeah, I think Amber and Sasha, for the time they were together, it worked. I have another one. Uh huh. Moon and Pony Joe. They weren't a couple. They weren't. He wanted her, but she didn't want to be with him. That's what that was all about. They were never a couple. Okay, it just seemed to me like a very toxic relationship. Well, it was, but it, they weren't a couple. He wanted her and was passive-aggressive and emotionally manipulative because he couldn't have her. But she straight up says, that's the problem with our relationship. He wants me. I don't want him. <laughs> it's just that <laughs> simple. We never actually see them as a couple. It's been years. Cool, okay, let's move on to our second topic. Um, <laughs> characters we simply cannot defend. Um, okay, panel. Which characters absolutely drive you insane? Java. I was gonna say Java. Absolutely. I just think she is a very sorry excuse for script padding and a waste of character. <laughs> and um, she's just not enjoyable to watch. She finds no joy in life. She is just a miserable person. Um, I don't give a damn about her motives. <laughs> Again, no hate towards the actress. She did her best with what she was given, and she's mm-hmm. awesome. But I just hate the character of Java, and she could have been done so much better. She's just a paler, poorer imitation of Ebony, and I'm just like, you weren't necessary ever in the story. And I mean, even the way they killed her off, they knew she was unnecessary, and they gave her an unceremonious death. And the only reason they tried to pretend there was anything between her and Ram is so that somebody would be sorry she was dead. I just, oh, I can't. I hate that. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Kudos to the actress. You did your best, baby. But whew, you got gypped. They wrote you a terrible character to work with. Yep. Yeah, I agree. She's just one of those characters where, like, I'm so glad I've never had to write a fan fiction and make her work in it. You know, it's, I'm just, I'm so glad you're dead and I can continue the story without you, lady. I, <laughs> woo, she's just poorly written. Duh. Like, you did not need to exist. Yeah, um, in like every fan fiction I've read, like there's a lot of massively heavy backstory in order to make her kind of work <laughs> well. Um, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I agree. She's just not wasn't re- written well. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, your fans shouldn't have to fix the character for you just so that they make sense. Yeah. Like, mm, you guys dropped the ball there. Speaking of characters, I cannot defend Jay. Jay. <clears throat> Jay. <coughs> Jay. Ah, thank you, Sabine. Yes, Jay. Oh, Jay. <laughs> I hate Jay. I'm going to say it. I absolutely hate the character of Jay. Like Hill said, I absolutely love James Napier. I um, researched a lot of his work for the site, but as a character, Jay was absolutely terrible. He was a proxy for Bray, and he brought absolutely nothing to the show. Um, I hate him, sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. <laughs> No, no. Lance, I am with you. I swear I wouldn't piss on his gums if his teeth were on fire. I hate Jay. And the thing is, this is I don't even hate the fact that Jay is diabolical and evil and probably a psychopath. 
I don't mind that. That's fine. If you want to make a character that way, that's fine. But my problem with Jay is that the writers don't realize they wrote a horrible person. Mm -hmm. They want you to think he's a great person. They rationalize and excuse everything Jay does through other characters. Okay. And that he is so covered in character shilling. It is, I don't know how he moves. Like it's, he's armored in it. You know, um, everything he does is excusable, you know, and it sometimes it just feels like it's because he's beautiful. Everything you guys always say about Bray, he's the golden boy. He can get away with everything. He was spoiled. I'm like, you're describing Jay. You realize that, right? <laughs> That's what you're describing. You're describing this guy who has no empathy, no remorse, is absolutely shameless in how he treats people. And is used to it. He's used to getting away with it. For Pete's sake, the only reason Ram picked him was because he had a pretty face. He was good PR for the technos. All right. <laughs> he knew. I'm going to send this guy out there and he will get away with everything we do because he's gorgeous. All right. And it worked because there were a lot of young fans in the early days who thought Jay was great because he was cute and they forgave everything he did. And the, that's my problem with Jay is that the writers. They never acknowledge that they have written this evil person <laughs> and instead are trying to convince you, oh, no, no, the things he doesn't aren't bad. Nah, he's got excuses for what he does. It's okay. You should like him anyway. Oh, my God, I hate Jay. Even Ray gets called out more for, you Jay, know, Ray gets called out all the time. Yeah. yeah, I don't understand it. Yeah, compared to, like, Jay, like, I mean, he's just written so badly. Like his entire motive for joining the Technos was to try and make like make a better world, be like because of the, his dead possible girlfriend, whatever that backstory was. Mm. Yeah, it was so badly written, and like you don't ever see, really see that from him. I, I don't think he's just his actions do not meet what he says yeah. and what his motives actually are. They again, they keep trying to say he's a good person. And he's got good reasons for doing what he's doing. But everything Jay does, it just disproves that. He's not a good person. He's a horrible person. And um, stop trying to convince me otherwise because I'm not 12 writers, okay? Ugh. No, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't ever 12, you know? I was a grown woman. <laughs> I've always had an old soul. <laughs> what I mean is I wasn't... I wasn't a kid when I walked the drive. So. Yeah. I, I actually think um, one of our fellow fans, Lil Lily, has a very good point. When she keeps calling Jay a robot. Well, and I guess he was a very poorly written robot. <laughs> because his AI is dysfunctional and doesn't make any sense and doesn't operate on logic. Nope. He was a sex robot. Oh, I can buy yeah. that. I, I hated how the writers forced him onto every single character that Bray had a connection with it was just <sighs> if there was anybody who was shoved down our throats it was him he yeah. definitely was like that was you have to like this character we want you to like this character you have to accept this character because he's never going away and <sighs> I'm sorry <laughs> man Dark Horse is a really good movie he's a great director <laughs> and he, he does some great work but the Jay oh, he was a great actor. He played Jay uh -huh. perfectly. It's almost like James knew that Jay wasn't a great person. 
You know what I mean? Like he knew what he was playing, but I don't feel like the writers knew. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking, I, th- I had this feeling that James looked at that script and said, wow, I'm playing a villain. This is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the writers are like, no, no, he's a nice guy because James doesn't play him like that. It's like James was aware of who he was playing, but the writers were not when they were writing him. It, it's always, everyone always says Jay is a replacement for Bray, but he also feels like a second version of Luke to me. He, he claims innocence. He claims that he has no clue what Ram has been up to. I mean, even Luke got more credit for knowing what evil stuff the Guardian was doing. Whereas Jay just stands there. And Maybe well, Jay just, really was a villainous mastermind and he was hoping that he could like jump in over once Ram got was rid of. That way he, he fakes innocence to jump into that position. I don't know. Well, okay, I had a question, since we are talking about indefensible characters and Jay is on the table. What do you think is the most unforgivable thing he did in his entire storyline? The one that it's like other things you're like, okay, fine, that's who he is. But what is the one thing you were just like, if you could get your hands on the writers, you would set them all on fire? Oh, like, that's, that's how you feel about it. You're like, what is the most unforgivable thing you had him do? They had him do? Trudy. Trudy and Amber, yeah, easy. That's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the worst. I I I, I, I cringe throughout that whole scenario. I can't I can't stand it. <laughs> I can't stand it. No, I think there's one more thing other than his well romantic escapades. Um, it's the simple fact that he finds out so many of the mall rats are missing. He's supposed to be smart. He's supposed to know his way around computers, and not for a second does he try to find out where they went. Oh, he doesn't even care about his brother. So yeah, he what? doesn't care about mall rats. <laughs> he doesn't care about Veds being taken away by Ram. <laughs> Why would he care about the mall rats? <laughs> yeah, I character. His lack of concern after. A- after they take down the technos and it's the, it makes you realize he was completely lying the whole time he kept saying that these people were being taken away they were going to be safe nothing bad was going to happen to them he sent ellie away and clearly didn't give a damn where he sent her because she never made, made it to where he was going to send her and he clearly didn't know where he was sending her because he lied and said oh i'm sending her to jack but he didn't even know where jack was i have nothing yeah i have nothing to add to that because i'm one of those people who doesn't think jay is the most horrible character out there i rather like the technos and well i'm not talking about the technos we're just talking about jay and i just realized there's only one person that i would actually ship with jay and that's danny wow you must hate danny I know. Wow, you would you would curse that poor girl with him? (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) I wouldn't subject anybody to Jay. (laughs) That's just cruel, right there. (laughs) He'd knock sense into him. Oh man, Danny might be a fit punishment for him, though. (laughs) I'd like to see Danny take him to task. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just whine his ear off. Hey, put your powers to work, Danny. Can you just imagine? I mean, he says similar things to, to what C does with her Bill of Rights. Oh, I want a better world. I want this. I want that. We should do this. We should do that. And then he doesn't do anything. Danny's at least proactive in what she believes. Mm-hmm. She wasn't all talk. Hey, maybe she might have nagged him into stuff. <laughs> I would have liked to see her drive him crazy, though. Mm-hmm. The sonic whine of Danny. 
I mean, I still think she deserves better, but I would love to see her just punish him. He does have a thing for girls that were into Bray. Okay, so let's move on to characters who got bad breaks. Yeah, what characters do you think really got shafted during the show's history? I'll, uh, okay, aside from having to leave the show, just in their character lines, I'll try to keep it to that because Alice totally got it. She got fisted. Um, mm-hmm. they, did, they did Alice wrong. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so I can um, think of. I mean, there are characters who I feel like they got it bad because they had to die. They were, like, killed off, but that's likely because they had to leave the show. So the writers couldn't control that. Because I would definitely say, like, Zandra. <laughs> but I, Amy clearly had to leave the show, so they had to kill her off, you know. And, but I feel like the character got screwed. Like, what? You killed a yeah, pregnant I mean, girl, man. That's messed up. I was in the same vein with that one. But once again, he had to leave, so we can't, yeah. can't count that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my first thought is Isdal. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of his character wasn't given mm, proper justice. I think, like his storyline and the whole jealousy with Ellie, it could be handled better. I thought. But... Um, I think Celine uh, definitely got shafted in season five. Um, they brought her back in season four. It's very clear because Amber wasn't around. They needed a very strong female for justice on the side of light and mm-hmm. so they were like oh okay we're gonna give that to Celine." Celine got this awesome chance to grow and move past all her insecurities mm-hmm. and they were like gave her that and you know she's like i've learned so much i had in and that was a great jump forward for her, her character because she suffered so bad in season three and and then because amber came back in season five they totally shafted uh, Celine, and they were just like, okay, we're gonna kill off your boyfriend, and you're gonna go into this deep, dark depression with alcoholism, and, like, she lost all of her strength. It's just like, what the f*** did you do to her? Because they didn't need her anymore, so they gave yeah. her that storyline, and I was, I thought that was wrong to her, definitely. Yeah, I'm with you with that, yeah. Like, oh, Amber's back, and we can't have two strong female leaders, <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what the frick? She deserved better than that. <laughs> um... On a note of having deserved better, I still feel Trudy deserved better than to be stuck with Amber's sloppy seconds that she didn't even want, only to have to give him back. Trudy got shafted quite a few times. It it just really Mm -hmm. depended on the season and whether the writers were interested in her. Mm. You know, um, there were just better things they could have done with her character. And yeah, making her part of this unwanted love triangle was the cheapest thing they could have done with her character. Mm -hmm. Any other characters I think got the shaft in the writing? Mm. I want to say Ruby, not because she's not because of Slade particularly, but because they started Ruby off as this very strong, independent young woman who clearly has been holding her own for a long time. You know, she has her own business, her own place. She can defend it. She looks after herself. And as soon as Slade comes into her life, it's she becomes a damsel who's completely dependent on him and if she finds herself in trouble she immediately you know throws his name in the ring Slade won't like you treating me that way Slade won't like you doing that to me very dependent on him I'm like what I don't know why you would set her up as one way and then have her brain Mm -hmm. ooze out her ears as soon as she meets this guy you know I I I don't know maybe that's why she was always intended but it just felt like they set her up as one thing and then a guy came into her life and she lost all those things that were cool about her. Like, oh, Ruby, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. 
agree. Like, <laughs> so I was so excited about Ruby, and then that he came along, and I mean, I don't have a problem with Slade, but she was done dirty because he was suddenly in her life, and she just couldn't function anymore. <laughs> I didn't know why they decided to write her like that. Yeah, that was a massive shame because she was such a strong character to start. Yeah. But- Mm-hmm. She's introduced kicking someone out of her saloon with a baseball bat. This is not right. a woman who needs some guy to rescue her, you know. And then all her brains just blew up and oozed out her head when he came along. And it was like, what happened? <laughs> you started out so promising, sweetheart. You know what I would have loved to see? Alice and Ruby in one scene. <laughs> but then again. Alice was better written, and Ruby would have just been a pale imitation of her. So that's the thing. I think Ruby was supposed to be, like, one of those replacement characters. Mm-hmm. She actually worked out a little bit well until Slade showed up, but, for, like, when I first saw her, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, oh, great, here's our our imitation of Ru- uh, Ruby. Imitation of Alice on the scene. Yeah, but same can be said for Lottie in that example. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like that, KC. You started getting a lot of imitation characters. It's not like I don't love them, but it's like buying store brand when you could have name brand. Kind of tastes like cardboard. Speaking of that, actually, I did want to ask you guys a question about that. Um, and since it's already brought up, I thought I would just, you know, I wanted to ask what you guys thought. Now, you just said we got a lot of imitation characters. I like to call them mirror image characters. Because sometimes they're not just copies, but they're often mm-hmm. just a different take on the same kind of character. So, like, you could say that Jay is a different take on the Luke character. So, mm-hmm. they, they're playing the same role, but they're doing it differently. Like, what if Luke had behaved this way instead, and that's yeah. what we get with Jay? Or, you know, and I was wondering what you guys thought of these mirror image characters that we get. You know, like Patch, Siva. You know, Java is definitely a mirror of her sister. You know, Gel is, you know... Sandra, you know, and then you have like Josh and Slade, who are a mirror image of Bray and Martin. I wanted to know what you guys thought. Do you think in some of these cases they did it better, or do you think they just did it worse? I think some of the characters were done really well. Like, you know, I love Pat. Like, I think we, I wish we would have seen more of him. Um, and I think some of them were brought back because it was a character trait that we were missing in the like ensemble of. Mm-hmm. The everything and then some just fell flat as characters because they weren't characters we needed like we when you bring up java we still had ebony around like if the character was still there they kind of fell flatter than what they could have been yeah i think that's a perfect point yeah yeah i think you freaking nailed that i don't even have anything to add holy crap <laughs> as for slade and josh i didn't mind them i thought they were too Different. I didn't see them as like imitation characters, mm. and I think is it's to me will always be weird to call Mega Josh. Um, mm. I don't think that that was ever fleshed out very well. Um, no, it wasn't. It took me it took me a very 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 long time to realize what was going on in that scene, um, and I think I only realized it once I was writing a fan fiction, and then it clicked. And even now, I'm just like, wait, what? He was his brother, his kid brother. <laughs> I know, but it, it was, it, I remember at the time there was something that w- never set well with me on that, and it just, it almost, was it a lie? Did he try and do that to get, like, was it one of those lies that could be? Like, it, it never set well with me, and then I didn't quite get what was going on. 
that makes sense. I will say for Josh and uh, Slade, what I do like, and I don't think either of them are meant to be imitations of Bray mm -hmm. and Martin specifically. I just think it's their storyline that we're following again. Mm -hmm. And we're getting to see the storyline play out differently because you have Slade who's obviously looking for his little brother and you had Bray whose only goal was to bring his brother back from the dark side. You know, you mm -hmm. have the little brother who dealt with the end of the world and being alone and isolated by taking up with a bad crew and going a bad way. Mm -hmm. um, but unfortunately for Bray and Martin, they never really got to reconnect or reconciliate, you know? And so they never really got to even say the words they'd like to have said to each other. You know, Martin just died abruptly. Bray never got that resolution with his brother. But Slade actually does get the chance to reconnect with his little brother and i just thought it was interesting that they they took the storyline and said what if this had happened you know instead and when slade dies the brothers are together and he goes in peace he died sacrificing himself for yeah. slade and i did think so that it was just kind of cool yeah. you know a different take on the same story really we yeah. <laughs> I, yeah i don't think they did a bad job like oh okay this is what could have yeah. happened for Bray and Martin, but that's not what happened the first time around. And Bray didn't that's get okay. that, but Slade did. Nah, I like that. I did feel bad that they had Josh die in the end, though. That's just because you're like mega and Trudy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, let's just call it what it is. I mean, I wasn't a massive fan of the whole Mega Slade um, scenario anyway, but um, yeah, at least it was better than Jay and Ved. Jay just doesn't give a crap. Like, all the siblings we've seen, they will die for each other. They love each other. I mean, even Zoot was willing to get into a fight to protect his brother. And Jay just doesn't give a crap about his little brother at all. <laughs> he just doesn't care. It's like, wow, it's just an interesting take on that, the brother relationship. And their setup all makes it exactly like Bray and Martin. Mm -hmm. you know, Jay's the golden boy. He's the good looking one. You know, you can tell he was definitely favored. He's used to getting away with murder. And Ved has got the inferiority complex and he's a brat. And and yet you definitely feel more for Ved. <laughs> oh my goodness. See, of the two, I don't like Ved. I hate Ved more than mm -hmm. Jay. I was just thinking that. File that in characters. I don't like Ved. I'm not crazy about Ved. I'm just saying that if I were writing him, I would understand like what it must be like being Jay's little brother. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. I can't imagine what it was like growing up in that household with Jay as his older brother. But I will say siblings don't bode well in the show for the most part. We had a lot of good siblings. We had a lot of yeah, good there were a lot of siblings. sibling uh, love. And most of them do love each other. There's only a few that's like they stand out and they don't have any love for each other. Um... But most of the sibling pairs we see actually have a great deal of love and loyalty to each other. Uh, they all act differently. They all express it differently, but it's there. It's only a handful that are just like, who must have sucked growing up in your household. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Those mirror characters and storylines and what you guys thought of them. Like, for example, I think Siva was a better, like, if you're taking the Zondra storyline and what could have happened with her growth with someone like Lex, like where she starts and where she goes. I love the way they handled Siva's storyline. Like, that's mm -hmm. what could have happened with Zandra, you know? Yeah. And we got cheated of it because she died before she could have that growth. But with Siva, we actually get to see it. And, but Siva was one of those imitation characters that was filling a hole that got left behind, like, three seasons ago. And they, what I'm saying so. is they did a good job with it. 
you know, like, oh, okay, that's a, this is a different take on the same kind of character mm -hmm. and they did something different with it, you know, and mm -hmm. I just, cause there wasn't that pushback is I guess what I'm saying. Like it was able to fill the void better than in some of the other cases. Whereas Gal wasn't necessary and they did nothing with her, which is a shame because the actress is amazing. Vicky mm -hmm. <laughs> is so great. I love the way she hammed up Gal, but she wasn't necessary and she was very wasted. I do like Gal, um, but I feel like she was several seasons out of place, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> she would have been good in like series three or something. Or one. Yeah, she. They tried to bring back something that was original in the show, but it was in the at the wrong time, wrong place. Didn't yeah. Work. Um, I don't know, that does actually made me thought, think about um, one character who I think I would like to see more of. I guess is um Moz. I yeah. I would have loved to have seen how she reacted with the technos and the mosquitoes. I think yeah. I wish we saw more of the mosquitoes. <sighs> Moz, such a lost opportunity right there. <laughs> right. Because she was a great introduction at the end of season three. I felt like Moz was a breath of fresh air, you know, and it was like, ooh, okay. You know, we needed another female like this who wasn't Ebony. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and she was a different twist on the kind of strong female character who's, you know, in the gray area. And, and then she was just gone. And it was like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> so when the new Tomorrow came out, like, I still haven't seen that show. But how cool would it have been instead of having like a whole nother group of kiddos? If we just had like the tribe spinoff, but being different tribes, like the mosquitoes and like the wrecking crew, those tribes that we didn't really see much of, but still operated in the same yeah like yeah. setting. That's what they I just thought about done. that. Yeah. That's what they should have done, right? Absolutely. So many tribes you could have chosen or yeah. you try that. Just other people living in this world. Yeah. Yeah, and like maybe you would get like hints of like, oh man, do you hear what the mall rats were doing? And you're like, oh, oh we saw that on episode seven of, you know, series two. And then yeah. you like go through and you have like these crazy things happen. That would have been cool. Mm -hmm. Another city and how they dealt with the outbreak of the virus. But a different city would have been cool too. Mm -hmm. Basically anything, anything but what they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, isn't there also a quote like, you know, you you think you're the hero of your own story, but you're actually the, you're you could be the villain in someone else's. Yeah. Like, what about that little tribe that like keeps on getting shafted by the mall rat? And we thought the mall rats were the hero, but really, according to this tribe, they are the worst. <laughs> that would have been cool too. There's one thing about the new tomorrow that annoys me so much is that they used the same names in the books. Because I thought that's what it was supposed to be. Like, the setup. I don't know. I haven't watched it. Yeah, the books are kind of slowly setting up for the new... T it's a little bit... Um, sorry, Ray. It's a little bit... Sorry, Ray. <laughs> We're going to end up this I desperately want to connect them too, but... Yeah, stop. <laughs> sorry. Stop. What the... Give the people what they want, Ray. We want... You know, we want the opposite side from a different tribe. Possible that they just decided they wanted to go for a younger demographic. Yeah, no that's what it was. It's no longer work with teens, you know, because it must have been a pain working with the censors. I mean, we've all agreed that the show got lighter in its tone and its themes. And I think it probably had a lot to do with censorship and what they could get past the ratings board. And things can change a lot in five years. And um, I think maybe he was just tired of dealing with that and thought, 
let's just focus on a kid show with the same vibe. And well, yeah. they had to. They had no choice in that. Okay, thank you, Liz, because you just hit on one of the major issues I have with seasons four <laughs> and five. So you know what? Are we, are we going on that? Wait, we're gonna do this. Let's do this. Okay, so Wait, Lance, I am dying to hear this. Go, <laughs> everyone, clear the room. Let Lance go. I want to hear this. <laughs> Sorry if I ramble. Okay, so welcome to our rant section. <laughs> so, okay, so for how many? <laughs> my issues with season four and five. Okay. I've got a lot of issues with season four and five. Okay, first of all, okay, the technos. Okay, let's let's do this. Right, I absolutely hate when a show takes its original premise and then absolutely discards it, throws it out the door. Um, in like most of the times, in a way, just to get new fans. It's not in a way to honor the show's concepts or to to like a natural follow through of the storylines. It's just to shake things up and bring new fans and that's what i feel like the entire concept of the technos and bringing in technology does to a show which is supposed to be about um a group trying to survive in the world without adults i've got so much issues with the, te- with the technos the whole aspects of bringing in technology into a show which was supposed to be dealing with without technology and adults situations um and as an extension of that as well um as well as the whole technology aspect they really dumbed down a lot of issues with um, during season four and five because of the, the sensors, but unfortunately, it was all accumulated with the whole introduction of the technos, um, and everything was just dumbed down and played for a, like a younger audience, and it was just not the original concept and themes of the show. And yeah, I I'm not a big fan. I'm afraid season four and five. I said it. Wow, you're being nice, honey. Yeah, I I feel exactly the same, Lance. Um, I I'm, I have no problem with you wanting to reach out to new fans, younger fans, whatever. But don't take a squat on your loyal fans who are already there. Um, yep. And I do feel like they did that. For me, four and five are like the comfort food. I, I've been watching the show for a long time. But like towards the end, that seemed to be the only thing Wham was playing. And there's a lot of fans in the U.S. who are like, oh, we never saw the first couple seasons because they didn't play it. No, they just played it so badly and it just it didn't get the, the pull until four and five. And they got like a better time slot or whatnot. I don't know. Anyways, I have seen series four and five the most out of all of them. And yes, there are there are issues and it's a different tone. But to me... Like, they're fun little stories, too. I kind of like the aspect of the technology. It, it gives a different kind of, like, a different challenge. Um, we've been so far without this, but it also shows that kids can work to get technology. Like, we suddenly have electricity again. We've gone so far without it. We don't need people running generators and things to get electricity. But yeah, it, to me, four and five are, like, the comfort food. Um, if I don't know what episode I want to watch, chances are I'm going to pop something on from season four. Um, by that time, I had gotten a VCR and I had recorded four and five the most. Like, they're just, they're fun. They're fun little episodes. See, you just remind me of another thing. So it's just, it, it wasn't even the fact that they were just using technology that could have been around. It was advanced sci-fi technology that was not yes i get get the fact that the kids were flying planes was crazy but i remember sitting there you know what that i could i could that that doesn't bother me i'm fine with them learning how to fly fly a plane that's fine that's fine with you creating advanced laser weapons and 
virtual reality AIs and uh, viruses that can destroy? No. No. But, I mean, kids are learning how to code and stuff, like Minecraft games. Defend. You can't go from no weapons to cyber weapons. Oh, I, 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 there's no way I can defend with sun guns. That's just it's no. Not but the virtual reality stuff was actually already yeah. being made back then. It wasn't as accessible to the general public. No, but, but it was there. I mean, the yeah, there was I mean, we, AR but we had it VR. and stuff. And if you're a kid and we you stumble upon it. Why not? That, that's, that's the whole issue. You can't just come jump from nothing to this. It's just, there was no transition. If there was a transition, I, I could have accepted it. That'll be fine. But it was just suddenly, here are zappers, here are stun grenades, here are we, we, AR. We should have had, AI. instead of the new tomorrow, we should have had the technos. And it could have been a show <laughs> showing what the technos had been doing for the last three seasons so that when they popped in, mm -hmm. you're like, Oh man, they've been working on this in their little like techno bubble for three years. That's how it worked out. My problem with the technos is not the inception of the technos. I actually don't have a problem with them bringing technology into this primitive world. I uh, I think that's interesting. You have this world that's had to survive all this time by going backward, and all of a sudden technology is brought back into it. And I thought they did some interesting things with it. But the basic execution of the technos is just poorly done. And the writers should be ashamed of themselves as far as I'm concerned. And I agree that it's totally cool you want to bring in new fans. You know, that's awesome. And it's I completely understand if you have to kind of lower your age group of who you're advertising to. But you still don't have to take a squat on the people who've been watching and have been there with you. And the tonal shift is just too much. You know, there's nothing wrong with the technos having access to this stuff. Fine, whatever. Their virtual reality looks better than anything that existed at the time. You know, fine. It doesn't matter to me that all of their headsets match as though they've been made in a factory somewhere. These guys have an assembly line. Fine. Even their T-bars. Fine. You guys have a factory. I don't care. It's just the tone, the goofiness of it. The lack of subtlety in their storylines. You know, um... It feels like a kick to the teeth. I don't want comfort food. I want the show to make me think. And that's what it used to do. And then it just stopped. It's like, it just started treating me like I was an idiot. And I didn't like that. Um, and I was like, do you not care? I, I just felt like the show didn't care about me as an audience member anymore. Like, oh, we're not making this for you anymore. We didn't tell you we weren't doing that. Um, I wish I'd gotten a memo to say, oh, by the way, your show isn't being made for you anymore. It's being made for somebody else. We just completely threw what was there out the window and have gone in a completely different direction. And I do think it's completely fair for people who were watching and couldn't wait for season four to come out to be like, what is this? And no, I don't want to see lightsabers. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I don't get that. I just... The execution of the technos is awful when they could have been so great because as a concept, they're actually very interesting. But it's what mm -hmm. they chose to do with them that was so cartoony and lacking any substance or depth. It was just jingling keys in front of the audience. Please don't turn the channel. Keep watching. We don't want you to think about it. We just want you to be entertained, you know, and that's for me, my biggest problem with season four and five. Like if it makes you happy, that's awesome. But for me, it just feels so dumbed down. 
and just very little thought put into these scripts and these characters and these plots and the messages are just gone, you know, and I don't know what it's teaching anybody. I really don't. It's just entertaining you. It's just shiny stuff in front of your face, moving fast. And as long as they can keep you entertained long enough, maybe you won't turn the channel. And I honestly don't think I've ever been able to make it through season four without stopping and skipping to season five or going right back to season one. I just can't. I feel almost the exact opposite. It will be interesting when we get to four. Every time I'm watching, like I'm binging the show and it's like, okay, season three tests my patience. It definitely starts to get kind of lazy in there. And I'm, I'm like, okay, you guys, you tried to fit way too much in the tail end here. You got a heavy ass on this, in this season. It's too much, but I'm still there. And then season four starts and I feel my joy plummet. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, oh. I'm trying. I'm trying. No, I'm going to give this a chance. I'm going to give it a chance. I tell myself that every time. Look at the good stuff. Look at the good stuff. And I just, I never make it through. I'm like, all right, let's go to season. Because I actually do find season five at least entertaining. I don't find season four entertaining in the slightest. It's such a disappointment to me. It hurt. It's almost, I quit the show when season four came out. That's how hard it was. I just assumed it wasn't for me anymore. And I stopped watching for almost two years. I was like, okay, I, that happens sometimes. Shows move on without you. And I thought, that's what the tribe had done. That's how bad season four is for me. It killed my love of this show. <laughs> for me, it was never an issue that they brought the technos in. But that might have been, at the time they br- brought the technos in, I was, well, basically surrounded by nerds. Um, hanging out in IRC channels. Um, people around me were actually doing strange stuff with coding and AIs. So to me, it seemed like something that could happen. It, it didn't seem so far-fetched, I guess, to me. Okay, I have a question about the technos. Whether or not you like them, whether or not you like season four or five, whatever. My question for you guys is, all right, let's say Disney bought the tribe from Ray, And they're like, we're going to reboot it. Okay, and we're throwing out all the books, just like they did with Star Wars. <laughs> We're we're destroying all your lore. We're only keeping the visual stuff, only the show. And they brought you on as a writer. And they said, look, you're our script doctor for season six. Okay. And you're going to have to fix some plot holes to make this work. All right. What would your ideal season six be? And what plot holes would you plug up from the previous seasons to make it work? Like you have to save the franchise. This is on you. (laughs) (laughs) I would have at least found the island where they were keeping Alice so, and Casey prison. I actually wrote a fanfic on this. Um, it's kind of half written. And I can't uh, I can't remember the line, but there is a line the Guardian talking to Lex too, when he says they're coming, the true bringers of power and chaos. I never thought that was the technos for one. So I I developed this idea where there's another bad tribe that's been kind of underground and there's it it deals with like what happens to Casey and Alice and Bray and all of that and I kind of want people to still read my fan fiction so I'm not going to go into it is that fair can I do that oh yes you can absolutely plug your fan fiction okay I have well I'm just saying there's a fan fiction it's kind of half written it's fully written but it's not up anywhere because it is kind of my baby I've been writing it since like it ended the show ended um but it does it does mm-hmm. it deals with kind of everything that happens and where people go and and how they all get back together um mm-hmm. and 
to me, it's a it's kind of an interesting little thing that happens. Um, but yeah, there's there's another tribe that comes in. Um, that kind of pulls ideas from the chosen, but not quite. I can honestly say that when the show ended, my ideal season six, I just wanted to get back to basics because I loved the first season, the first three seasons so much. And so I did write a season six and mm-hmm. they basically go back to scratch. You know, they, they have to start over someplace else. They're reunited with lost friends and they go back to that tribal life that I'd always liked and the basic survival of it and building a society. That was my ideal season six back then. Mm-hmm. I can honestly say now, so many years later, that if I were to be given carte blanche <laughs> on a season six, and I admit I, I wanted to ignore the technos before I made, I you know I made it work, but I did not want to explore them any further. I feel differently now. I would want to fix them. I'd want the technos to make sense because, again, I don't feel like they were the worst idea. I just feel like they were very lazily executed, you know, um, in a flashy way with, you know, no substance to them. And for me, my ideal season six would be to explore where the Chosen came from, what they were all about. I would explore their slave trading and their colonization and... um, I, I admit that is something I would actually consider if I were going to write a season six now. Um, get to the bottom of these people and who they were and where they came from. And, you know, just even if it's just for my pandemic mind, just to get the details worked out. <laughs> what about you, Lance? Um, I feel like I can't answer this question because I've, I've read so many um, series sixes <laughs> that all the ideas are kind of meshed together. Um, especially the, like the really fantastic dream keepers by Simon. Mm. Um, I mean, but if I had to make a season six back then, yeah, definitely obviously reuniting some of the lost characters and yeah, back to basics approach. It's interesting because I've read some really good fanfics um, where they do go back and fix the technos. Um, they kind of connect them to the mm-hmm. army and um, mm-hmm. have a lot of really good development that I wish the show would have just, pushed into but yeah it's difficult because uh, there are some really great yeah. fanfics out there mm. <laughs> that make them work and they can actually yeah. like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that makes you work, like, actually like the techno <laughs> yeah i read one that was just really a great take on the technos and that's when i realized the technos weren't the problem because at the time i was like i just hate the technos they ruined my show but <laughs> when i read the check i was like no the technos didn't ruin the show it's the way they were executed and the way they were presented that ruined it because they could have been done well yeah I think some of the things they did with the technos were really down to budgeting, though. I mean, if you look at some of the stuff, the technology they had, and how amazing they made it seem, you know, it's it's easier to you to make it seem like the, like the video games, like the virtual reality thing, is actually uh, movie style than having to pay people to render those scenes. I think back to being a kiddo when this was going on. And series four started. And if I was living in a world and, you know, I used to go to school and play with my Game Boy and Pokemon and all of that. And suddenly, like, the world ended. I didn't have video games. And then there were this group of kiddos who was like, hey, guess what? Not only do we have video games, but you get to go into the video games. As a 10, 11-year-old, that would have been really freaking sweet. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's why I don't hold that against the tribe and things. It's like... It people say it jumped the shark, and I don't think the tribe did that at four. I think it brought in a different conflict that you know was bringing in 
the old world and solving the problem of not having the technology from the old world that kiddos were really into um, and the problems that that causes. So now, you know, we have Oculus and all of that stuff and that terrifies me. I'm like, I don't want, I don't want a virtual reality headset. I've seen this game. I know where that goes. Like, so it's not that far fetched when you look at how our world is right now and how we have that now. And that's my defense on the technos and four. Again, I said, I don't think the technos are a problem. I think the way they executed them is the problem. There are some interesting ideas that the technos bring to the table. The idea of just bringing technology back into this world. I think that's awesome. They still just did a really crappy job when they did it in the writing. And they didn't put a lot of thought into it. Yeah, they just kind of threw the technos on the wall and said, we'll distract you with some shinies for a long time and would not put a lot of thought into who these guys are and what they represent. There are some cool things happening with them. And I don't think the technos are the issue or the problem with the story. It's the writers just took the lazy way out when they were mm -hmm. telling this story time and time again. And they always went for spectacle over substance. And... Um, and it's just, it's a shame because there are some awesome ideas that they hint at with the technos. And I just, I'm like, you guys could have done this better. And I know you could have done it better because you've oh, done I it think a lot in the of past. It is them, like you said that they were dumbing it down and I don't think they were. I think they were letting you think harder. No, they were. They were. <laughs> I never, I absolutely never have to use my brain watching season four or five. <laughs> I don't get any brain exercise watching that. Um, but then again, in, in the show's defense, I was, what, 23, you know, 24 by the time season four and five came out. But again, I still can't use that as an excuse because I was 20 when I saw season one and I was fully stimulated by that. So I can't use the excuse of, oh, this is supposed to be for kids, so it doesn't have to be smart. You know what I mean? Because the show proved it could be smart, even for kids. And I'm cool with them trying for a new audience. I just don't know why they had to crap on the old audience. But, yeah, to do it. That's... See, that's why I think I'm in the minority, is I'm old audience that actually likes the new stuff. Yeah, same. Um, here's a good challenge you guys, guys might like. All right, I want you to pick something you absolutely hate about the show. And I, it can be a character, uh, it can be a plot line, it could be an entire season. You hate it with the fire of a thousand suns. Okay, if you were a firefighter, you would not rescue it from a burning building. You know what I mean? You hate this aspect of the show so much that you want to punish its children. All right. I want you to think about this. And once you've got it in your head, now I want you to find something good to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> Ebony Spider. You hate that with like the fire spiders. of a thousand suns. Come on, Sabine. I mean, something you truly hate. Come on here. I Get mean, serious, Sabine. Hey, <laughs> you to, okay. You have to really hate this, Sabine. I really hate Sasha. And or, Hi, my name's Hillary. Um, hi, Hillary. I really hate Sasha. It's just like an AA <laughs> I really hate Sasha, but one good thing about him <laughs> is he played like a sociopath really well. <laughs> These creepy baby hands. <laughs> no, I. Um, okay, come actually, on, okay, come on. I, I don't really like series three because I thought the chosen had already run its course, and like by the time three walked around, like we were done. I at least was ready for other things, but 
I guess there's some good moments. I can't think of any right now, but there's some good storylines in there. I think my favorite costume is in Series 3. I can't remember, though. Okay, I'll, I'll go. Alright, everybody knows I hate Season 4. I do. I, I really... I do hate it. Um, but, again, I don't have a problem with other people enjoying it. Thanks, Liz. If it's for you, that's awesome. But <laughs> I just can't... Um, I'm glad you found joy. I wanted to, you know what I mean? Uh, but I will say this for season four. I, again, I think the concept of the technos is very interesting. And um, I prefer, I, even though I find season five more entertaining and like more tolerable, I will say the acting is better in season four. Way better. I don't know what happened in season five. I don't know what happened there. Um Subtlety went completely out the window in season five. So I still enjoy the acting. I still enjoy the performances. And, um, like, you know, I still think the set work is good. Production value is fine. Uh, some of it's comical, but most of it's still very good. And um, I, I will say this. even Again, even though I do prefer season five to season four, I kind of feel as though the writers were still taking the show a little bit more seriously in season four. I may not like what they did. I may hate it, I may fight them to the ground over it, but I will admit, I still feel like they put more effort into season four than they did season five. Um, even though I, again, I don't, it didn't work for me, I still feel like they tried harder in season four. And I can respect that, absolutely. I can totally understand that it's more interesting, there's a lot happening. Um... And again, if it wasn't for the execution of the storylines, I think I would just enjoy them more. But I'm, I'm picky. I'm, I'm a story snob. What can I say? And yeah, so, and it doesn't include the stupid J. Amber, Trudy love triangle. So that was definitely a plus. <laughs> so, and I, you know what I like about season four? I will say this. It is interesting seeing the complete shakeup of the tribe. We have people who just disappear. We don't know if we're ever going to see them again. People are separated from each other. And I did kind of like that. Because um, the tribe is having to function without the usual members there to help them function. And so other people get to step up to the plate and show what they can give to the tribe. And so that's, that's interesting to see. The sh the, you know, it needed a shakeup. All right, Lance, have you thought of the thing you hate, but you can say something good about it? I'm still thinking. <laughs> you know what? Okay. For as much as I hate season four, I I do enjoy that they gave Meryl Cassie more to work with. I'll say that. Um, yeah, that's that's my one highlight, I guess. For season four. Right. Yeah, you had to dig deep for that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> this whole time, Lance has just been digging. <laughs> Gotta be so, so hard. That's probably the best thing I can say. I don't know. I just—that's <laughs> why I love talking about this with you guys. Is because so long for so long for decades, it's been just like me with my own theories, and then now I get to talk about it with other people in real time. And I'm not like putting it out on the internet and like I hope someone responds to this, and then waiting three days. Like, yeah, I know what you mean. I I really enjoy this, and it's kind of hard. Like, Cause yeah, I can I can write an essay and put it out there and say this is my point of view, you know. But, okay, Sabine, have you thought of something better than the spider? <laughs> Don't disappoint me, Sabine. I still want to kill the spider with fire, you know. It's cute. But so one part of the show I really, really disliked was the second half of season three. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah, I understand that. It's um, yeah, 
the whole Amber and Trudy get kidnapped again, and Bray's reaction to that, that, that just, it really Bray for me. You know, drunken Bray not making decisions and not fighting for the woman he loves. So now you have to think of something good to say about the second half of season three. If it's a thing you hate, you got to think of something nice to say about it. Yeah. Mm. Sabine, did you not understand this assignment? Was yes, the question was. that hard? <laughs> it was. Oh, you like you liked The Guardian, didn't you? I like The Guardian. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. I mean, I like The Guardian. I just hated the fact that Ray responded the way he did. I was fine with Ned getting killed off. I give The Guardian props for that. Um, one thing I did like about it was that Luke eventually took off with the Guardian yet again, leaving me to wonder if he was ever on the Mallrat side. I, I liked that part, and it just kept me wanting to see more of that. It does add a nice layer of ambiguity to his character, because it's like he can still be a decent person who didn't want to see people suffer, mm -hmm. while still completely believing and buying into the Chosen and what they stand for. That's who lives. Okay, you guys might find this one a little more fun because you don't have to say anything nice about it. You just get to bitch about it, okay? <laughs> Everybody loves that, right? What is your most hated storyline of all time? Just kill it with fire. Absolutely, Amber returning to life. I didn't even mind her being alive. It was more the reason why she left. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, yeah. It, it's, um, it's nothing against Beth. She did a great job at it. It was just the fact that they had Amber just storm off and leave everyone behind um, based on a picture that Ebony showed her. Yeah, but... You know, it's... it's really yeah, but also... Oh, Lance, go ahead, because I will argue into the ground on this one, Lance. <laughs> it, it was absolutely poorly written, but to be fair, she'd only just got back together with Bray like mere seconds after like the issues with Ebony. So it, she felt it was just all like, alive. Yeah. Another and life. haven't you ever like overreacted about something and then you're like, oh, that was an overreaction, but I got to kind of like live with this because that was a big overreaction. Oh, she had a concussion. <laughs> she had yeah, a massive concussion suck, as well. So yeah. As someone who knows that one. But she had so much spite earlier on when Dell left her and she just. She couldn't be bothered. No, it's not. That's not the same. I like, mean... <laughs> no, it was time for Belle to think she was dead. You know? Yeah, what do you guys got for that? <laughs> I mean, they weren't that close anyway, but... <laughs> wow! <laughs> they weren't. That, that friendship... Was like, I've never believed in that I friendship. Mean, I don't care. <laughs> that was the paper thing. I've never believed in the Amber Dow friendship anyway. <laughs> I think we've all been there, though, where we've wanted to just leave and, you know, we've wanted to do a... What is it? A... Where you, like, go off in the woods and everyone thinks you're dead, but you're not. And then you show back up and you're like, yo, guess what? I wasn't. We've all been there. Yeah. After everyone series one, she just wanted a fresh start. She had her chance at a fresh start. She could have gone off with Sasha. Because she was cause... creepy. Yeah. She gave up on love to help the, the tribe. And now she felt like she lost love yeah. again. So she she just started fresh. She I, abandoned everything. Yeah, yeah but she... She knew nothing Ebony said was trustworthy. And Trudy had been so bitchy to her earlier in the season. If she would have had a chance to tell Amber that, oh no, Bray and Ebony have a baby, she would have. But mm, that's very true. Also, 
Okay, are you, guys, are you guys done trying to defend this ridiculous storyline? Because I'm about to rip your butts open and totally side with Sabine on this. Yay! Injury, I get what Amber's getting at. Look, you guys know this is garbage. I mean, I appreciate you reaching for straws to try to defend it. It's valiant and it's beautiful. Go down with your sinking ship. But you guys know it's garbage. Wow. <laughs> the storyline is horrible. I'm totally fine with Amber coming back, but I'm with Sabine 100%. The way they did it is awful it is the worst thing ever oh, yeah. and it is my it is honestly for me the most hated storyline of all time like i hate that this is the way they decided to bring amber back i can't even believe and not only is it's insulting to the people who actually saw the episode where she died you know what i mean like there's just no respect there it is one of the laziest ways to bring someone back they would have been better off just giving her amnesia than what they did okay I am in total agreement with Sabine that I just don't buy that Amber decided to allow everyone to think she was dead because of a picture of Bray and Ebony holding a child from before the virus. Do you know how many explanations for that picture there are? This is like trying to convince someone you're a time traveler because you went to a carnival and got one of those pictures done of you in the old timey clothes. They're like, look at this. I was in 1865. And they're like, holy crap. Like, it's just, it's stupid. All right. But fine, you guys say she had a concussion. You want to give her an excuse because her head hurt. Okay, fine. But she's had ages to think about this, okay? A long time to consider, gee, you know, let me think about that. And we know she's been thinking about it because by the time Bray and them come back, she's still freaking pissed off. This isn't like she thought about it and forgot about it and said, oh, say la vie, I'll make peace with my choice. Maybe Bray didn't do anything wrong, but I can't go back now. No, she's been stewing in this mm -hmm. the entire time. She truly believes that this man had a baby that he apparently abandoned, despite the fact that he stuck around to raise his niece, even though like, he clearly didn't want to. And she witnessed that. She knew he didn't want to raise his niece. He still stuck around to do it. You really believe this man left his own child somewhere with Ebony? Where's the evidence that Ebony ever had a child, Amber? Okay, where is this kid? And that's the other thing. Even if Bray and Ebony had a child before the virus, why is it any of your freaking business? He doesn't owe you that truth. Something probably happened to that baby. Maybe they gave it up for adoption. Maybe it freaking died. Her reasons for being angry about this are absolute BS. Okay, she just wanted to be angry because she doesn't trust him and she just stays pissed off about it, but she never clearly thinks about this. She never applies like critical thinking to this situation. She never once considers, gee, Ebony, who, you know, wants my boyfriend, admitted to making a move on him, but he didn't take it. And she's the one telling me they had a baby that he apparently abandoned and never told me about. And that makes him someone I can't trust. So I'd rather be dead. You know, I just, I'm sorry. It's the stupidest storyline ever. And it's just their excuse so that Amber doesn't have to take responsibility for allowing her friends to think she was dead. Okay? You guys know it's garbage. I, you know it. I'm going to say that this is one of those plots that falls between, like, because of behind the scenes stuff. And while I don't agree with it, I think that Aunt Beth Allen went away from the show. They had to kill off her character like we've seen before. And then she was able to come back and that's how they brought her back. Instead of saying, well, we killed off your character. You can't do that now. Well, I know why they wrote it. We all know why they wrote it. They weren't expecting Beth to come back. That's why they killed her off indefinitely. 
and then she was back. And I'm just they, saying they could have done it okay. better. They did a crazy, like, terrible but job. At least we got like the ends kind of justifies the means, I guess. At this point, like I can allow it because we got Beth back and we got Amber back. Like that's kind of how I've looked at it over the years. I don't like the Amber we got back though. No, I know this, this is hard because I really do love Amber. Um, but I don't feel like the Amber we got back is the same. Uh, like Amber season one is a person. She's got flaws mm-hmm. and you know, she's just real. She's very fleshed out. She's not always right. She gets things wrong. She's trying her best. And I love her. You know, I love her to pieces. I feel like season when she comes back, she's not really a person. She's like the legend of Amber. You, he'll remember you saying yeah. you don't want to speak ill of the dead. Like when, Amber's dead. People speak really highly of her. They never talk about her flaws. Um, and they never really talk about the things that she did wrong or she didn't get right or whatever, you know. They only think positively of her. And they like to say a lot of the times that if Amber were here, this would be better. She would do it better. They only think about the good stuff with Amber. And when they bring Amber back, that's one of the few, th- that's like the only thing they really focus on in her character. She's no longer allowed to really mess up you know or they when she does they always justify it you know and i just she doesn't feel like a person she feels like this perfect spectral being you know and it makes me sad i don't like who they brought back she gets credit for everything danny did in season two even though she wasn't around to do those things danny was supposed to be amber you know like the writers just kind of forget Danny ever existed. Danny is the reason that mall rats accomplished the things they did in season two. Like Amber was awesome in the mall, but she didn't do anything for the city. You know, she wasn't around for that. But Danny, yeah, Danny was supposed to. (laughs) I get that. But the thing is, Danny existed and you can't pretend she didn't. Amber was gone. Danny is the one who did those things. You can't suddenly give all of that credit to Amber and pretend Danny never existed, but that's what they do. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, everyone in the city knows amber's name why would they know her name the only time anyone in the city ever saw amber was at the tribal gathering and she got shout shouted down she wasn't anybody in the city so why mm-hmm. would she have a big shot in season three you know it just doesn't make sense i don't like who they brought back it's, it's the magic trick person. i was hoping that you would forget that amber was or like they try to replace amber because she wasn't supposed to come back so they put in danny and then amber comes back I never forget. <laughs> I am. I'm like the worst kind of fan. Writers must cringe when they see me coming. Like this no. is my perfect little cinnamon <laughs> roll and I love it for, you know, what it is with its flaws. And I'm not like that with everything, but the tribe is my baby. For worst story, I'm, I'm stuck between Proxy Danny or AI Zoot. Um, <laughs> I can't work out what is worse. Um, uh, I, I am leaning towards AI Zoot because that is just so stupid. But, um, I'm gonna leave. Uh, I'm not gonna say anything anymore. <laughs> oh, don't bring wanna... AI Zoot, please. <laughs> I, so, because AI, <laughs> that made no sense. AI Zoot goes back to the whole mythos of Zoot. Like, why would Ram create an AI Zoot? Because what's the one thing that would like strike fear in the hearts of all of the kids in the city? Like, yeah, put on a flashy like. Oh my god. Oh, god. But he made it to like take control of their systems and to con- I, no he, he didn't make it to take control of his system. He just wrote crappy just coding for take, AI. I think like if I wanted to take over a city, I would use Zoot or the city. I should say like Zoot's this legend, this ultimate bad guy. Like he's a crutch. That's what Zoot yeah. has become for these writers. 
they can't write a better character. They can't write a better villain. They don't want to use their imagination. So they just drag out Zoot over and over again. And Mm -hmm. it's just, just like the chosen, you think the chosen overstayed their welcome. And I'm not going to argue with you on that because I agree. I feel like they got to stop bringing back Zoot. This is stupid. This is just really dumb. I'm totally fine with Ram making an AI that ends up being diabolical and takes over. That's awesome. Why does that have to be stupid? Like Ram's supposed to be more imaginative than that. Ram could make a better AI that's diabolical than Zoot. Just doesn't make sense. I think it's him. I mean, he knew a lot of things about the city already when they came there, and you know, he he knew people feared the idea of Zoot returning. See, this is this is like a sign of poor writing when the fans have to jump through hoops and twist their intestines into knots to make your story (laughs) make sense. You screwed up. You wrote a really bad storyline. Because we shouldn't have to do this for it to make sense. I don't sense. think I'm jumping through hoops. Like, okay, the city is mostly... No, I don't. You don't? Like, okay, you really, you really stick don't? Stick with me for a second. Most of the city is young children. Like, the majority of the city is children. That's the whole point. So, when the virus started out, what's the thing that the kids feared? Zoot. Okay, so now it's been a few years. Zoot's dead. But suddenly, like, the boogeyman is back. The nightmares from your childhood are back. Yeah, that's going to freak you out. And even if you're older now and you're trying to rationalize it, it's still, these kids have been brought up to fear Zoot. So to me, it's not, it, it's almost genius to me to use Zoot as this thing. It's the mythos, the legend, like the boogeyman under the bed. But that's like, that, that was Java's, Java Omega's thing. That was separate from Ram creating this AI but then why not? Bring- I totally understand Mega using it. I don't understand Ram doing it. Again, they're milking it. I respectfully disagree with you, Hill. I'm sorry. I just I can't. I, I get your point. I understand what you're saying. And I even see it. But I just don't agree. They just, I, for me, they milked it. They just kept, like, dragging out the zoo card. It was. I even liked when Mega and Jabba did it. It made sense. Jabba had been a loco. And she's like, dude, you won't believe what this guy was able to do. They would have gleaned information about the control the Chosen have. Megan needed an enemy. Mm-hmm. He needed to bring out the crazies. So I totally am on board with him bringing Zoot into the picture. It made sense. I just can't get on board with Ram making Zoot his AI. Like, what? Mm-hmm. I just think it's like Sorry. an homage Sorry, sweetie. that Ram was going for. That's just my thing. Whatever. It's lazy. It's lazy. <laughs> As is much of the writing in those seasons. Sorry, that was a li- that was a cheap shot. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, it was me being catty. I apologize. That was, that was unnecessary. <laughs> okay. Um, do you want a couple question, or do you just want a basic character mm. question? <laughs> if it makes you feel better, it's a char- it's a couple nobody likes. Asha and Amber. <laughs> Ooh. No, but Ned and Alice comes in close second. Ned and Alice, what? No, <laughs> Brian, Brian, Jay, and Jimmy. Oh wow! <laughs> the fact that we can do this. Okay, do you guys think that Jay and Amber will live no. happily ever after? Yes, they deserve it. They no, deserve each they other. Won't. That's not the que- that's not the question. The question is, do oh. you think they're going to live no. happily ever after together? Absolutely not. Nope. It's just waiting until. Another good-looking girl with a pulse comes along, and off Jay goes. Yeah. Yeah. If he runs into Danny, we're done for. Okay, you know what? You just reminded me. 
the fact that he still wears his techno costume. It's not a costume. It is his, oh his my skin God. to protect his robot part. And so he can't take it off because then he would just be robot parts. There's nothing under there. It's like the, when they take off the skins of the things at Disney World and it's just robot. And you're like, oh no, Abe Lincoln, go put your skin back on. Like the skin melts <laughs> off the Terminator. Okay, I changed my mind. That is the worst story point that they never changed his outfit. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's robot parts. Yeah, I don't think Jane Amber will live happily ever after either. I Watching him break down each of these women until he gets the one thing he wants from them, and then he's bored and wanders off and starts. It's like a serial dater. Systematically working on ending this relationship and working on the new one as soon as he gets what he wants from them you know and what did he want from amber he wanted her to give up her integrity and she did and so he's it's he's it's not gonna be long before he loses interest and starts chasing somebody else so yeah i agree what's your other question that was easy yeah i'm, I'm actually sorry my other question is about character assassination and where do you think it happened what characters do you feel like the writers just completely went off the grid with this character you cannot just like they may have given a reason for why the character did what they did but it will never sit well with you like you feel like this was just it didn't suit the character no matter what the writers tried to say about it kind of like luke skywalker in the last jedi for a lot of people that was character assassination i'm not i'm not agreeing i'm not saying whether it was i'm just saying that for some people what the reason they gave for luke's change did not suit it didn't work with them so i'm asking you in the show who do you feel suffer from character assassination? Pride. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. There's a lot of weird things I do with pride. It just don't make sense for the character they created. The combination of pride and the whole real reality space addiction. Nope. Oh, yeah. Mm. I always got the feeling that pride wasn't meant to stick around. Like, pride was meant to always be a tertiary character, but they were forced to kind of keep him around because they no longer had like a strong male lead. And so they had to find something to do with him. I don't think he was supposed to. Because he just doesn't work as a lead. Because they, they needed a guy with the mole rats who yeah. could, well, he couldn't replace Bray, but... But he's just, he's playing that role. Strong male lead in the malls. Yeah, the good guy. Yeah, good guy. And he feels, I mean, he, he's supposed to feel out of place. But yeah, they start making his character do things that just don't work for the character they set up. I can see that one. It's funny that you bring up Star Wars. Because much like Star Wars and the tribe, I'm just like... I'm along for the ride. Like, like I, the most toxic part of Star Wars are the Star Wars fans. And it's true. <laughs> That's the biggest issue with Star Wars, in my opinion. Hey, we just need a Mandalorian-level spinoff of the tribe. I think Amber definitely suffers from character assassination. Um, I don't think that she would have thrown Trudy under the train tracks to be with Jay. I just, nothing in her past supports that she would do that to someone she cares about. Um, and I, I get the reason behind it. I get, I, even I can come up with a reason for Amber finally just being tired of losing out on happiness and saying, screw it, I'll do it. But even Amber falling for Jay doesn't make sense to me. Um, it just feels so out of character for her to fall in love with this guy and take his excuses, make excuses for him, um, accept his insincere non-apologies about the things he's done when she's hold she holds men to such a high standard you know mm -hmm. i just don't understand why she would ever fall for jay 
and be so in love with him that she's like, here, my dear friend who's been with me through everything. We've been through thick and thin and we've come so far. Screw you. I have to have this man. Like, I'm like, wow, that I may not like the Amber who came back in season three, but dude, you guys really just took a, a, a squat over her character. This is not Amber. This is not who she, this isn't who she is and this isn't what she would do to somebody. And I don't know. It's just like the flushed four, you know, four seasons of character development down the drain to make this stupid love story happen. And it just it didn't suit Amber, you know. Yeah. Amber's the first person to sacrifice her own happiness for the greater good. She's done it over and over again. Even if you don't agree with her for doing it, she has. And I just don't see her doing that to a dear friend. And I can't see her falling in love with Jay. I don't care how pretty he is. James is gorgeous. He's got a face carved by angels. Amber has never been the kind of girl who falls for that and excuses mm. all other actions because of it. Look at the way she treated Pride and Bray. She held them on a pedestal. You guys have to get it together if you want to be with me. You know what I mean? They could mess up just a tiny bit and she was on their ass. You know? <laughs> and yet here comes Jay, who's a slaver and a colonizer and a liar and a manipulator and a gaslighter and a cheater. And she knows all of this about him. And she's just like... Uh, but I think there's something under all the garbage. You know what I mean? I just don't get it. Amber, what are you doing? I don't I mean, care how hot he is. Stop it. If she had been his personal prisoner, then at least we could have gone for Stockholm Syndrome. But Yeah, something. You know, there's just no reason for her to throw all her integrity away for this guy. Doesn't make any sense. That For me, that's character assassination. Lance, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I 100% agree with that. <laughs> yeah, um, you mentioned it already, Liz, um, what happened to Celine as well um, when Amber came back. Mm-hmm. Poor Celine. <laughs> that was really bad. Um, and Celine got shafted. Do you think Bray would qualify for the way he reacted after Amber was kidnapped? Yes. Like, did that feel in character to you, or do you feel like, eh, I can see him totally losing the plot? <laughs> I think I could see him losing the plot just because of the situation prior, like with him thinking she was dead and everything. It doesn't seem like Bray to me to not fight as hard as he possibly can, can to get her back. Yeah, he gave up really quick. Like, he gave up really fast. And Even Pride calls him out on that. Like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, I can understand Bray falling apart. I can. Like, he's, it's been rough. You know what I mean? And they just defeated the Chosen, and he just had, he's dealing with all the trauma of his brother. It all came back to him. You know, I get that. And then all of a sudden, his pregnant girlfriend goes missing, you know, and it's like he hasn't had a chance to take a breath. They haven't even decided where they're going to mm-hmm. live, you know what I mean? And then she's gone. I get him breaking down, but he gives up so fast and then goes on a binge. It's like, whoa, that's un- it's almost like they just needed him out of the picture. Yeah, but I think he just snapped pretty much at that point. Okay, new topic. Um, what's the one standout moment? throughout the entire five series of the show was the one your best ever moment that's happened it's super easy it is when we've got two people who may have been exposed what's going to happen and then chloe <laughs> says that's yeah. my best virus too and it's happening <laughs> everybody's holding hands and amber's like whatever this is we are going to make it through this virus again we're going to die even likes and Bray hold hands, and I'm just like each other. And <laughs> yep, no arguments there. That is like the iconic <laughs> best moment from the show. Um, it just sums it all up. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Post. I think the same question got posted on Reddit 
Um, and I said, basically, how can you choose just one? Um, there, there are a lot of good moments. That's a pretty good one, but, like, it's hard to pick one. I'll, but I'm always like that. I can't pick one. Ever. Like, if we're oddly specific, like, I know my favorite costume. Well, I have two favorite costumes, but, like, give me something more specific. What's my favorite moment in season, season one? There's, it's a brief, like, little scene, right? When they're coming off the mountain and Lex has just gotten the motorbike and he's like waiting for everyone. I like that bit. I really like the paint fight in series one. Just a fun like moment. I think one of my favorite moments is, or at least one of my favorite scenes, is when Ebony lures Trudy to the chosen lair. And Trudy is just so, well, kind of trusting of Ebony. So the moment he's reunited with her daughter and then the fear in her eyes... When everything goes wrong. You evil witch. Oh, yeah. Man, that's a betrayal and a half. Mm-hmm. You know what? I think a close runner-up for me is actually in season one, and it's Lex bringing Ebony and the Locos to save the mall yeah. rats after yeah. Top has left them to die either of burning, uh, dehydration, or smoke inhalation. And the music is playing because these guys believe they're, they've had it. They can't get the grill open. The boys are trying so hard. You know, they got everyone low to the ground because of the smoke and it's hot and they can't breathe and they got no water and they think that's it. And no, then they hear shit. the siren and it's kind of scary. They're like, what does that mean? I mean, it can't be worse than what we're already going through. And in comes Lex with the, the fire, like the, the fire thingy and the music swells. And it's, it's such a great moment because <laughs> they thought he was dead. <laughs> Like, Lex, you got to be a hero. Bravo. <laughs> I like the whole plot to kill the Guardian in Series 3. That was cool, too. Like, when they're staking out, and, like, Ebony's in the, the robes and everything. They're like, what's the password? Like, that sticks out. That's, like, the only thing about Series 3 I can think about. I like all the virtual reality stuff. Like, I know you guys don't, but I think it's fun to see the different stylized thing. Like, the lightsaber battle. And it's a different take on stuff. It's kind of cool to see. It's definitely a reflection yeah. of how they see themselves. I'll give them that. Because of course, of course, Ed and Ram would see themselves in a lightsaber fight. Or like, you know, even if you, ha like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you know, there's the musical episode. Like, I like when shows have that one, like, stupid musical sh episode. And you're like, that, why? Why are you doing this? It makes no sense. But then you do it and it's just kind of like, okay, whatever. Like, good for you guys for having fun for once. And just seeing, like, different stylized stuff that we don't get to see. Like, it's fun. What about you, Lance? Um, so you said uh, the season one moment already. Uh, season two is definitely the first episode. The conversation between Bray and Lex just felt so emotional and real. What do I care about the tribe? Yeah, right? Um, you could feel that. That was really cool. Yeah. Uh, season three, mine's... Oh, yeah, season three, when you first see the Amber reveal. Oh, yeah. That was quite dramatic. That's a good one. That first, looking up and seeing her with the feathers, that was dramatic. Um, four, I've not got one. Um, and season five is definitely the conversation between Amber and Jay when she calls him out and the technos and all their uh, use of euphemisms um, when she discovers that Bray is deleted. That was such a really well-written scene. Yeah, who took them? You took them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember my season five, actually. <laughs> I like Ram and Lex and Liberty. Oh, yeah. It's just like, 
it's so out it's not really out of character but to see them working together like with the whole casino and everything is just i like that them working together for like a seedy reason but it's great i will say my favorite scene from season two would be the double wedding and i really love how it is paired with ebony's attempted assassination from the chosen Mm -hmm. i just think that's so brilliantly shot um like you just keep snapping back and forth between the happy couples and then you have the singing crew smiles dimples and teeth living it up living it up and in the background you have ebony being stalked by the chosen van you know (laughs) and um I just thought that was awesome and Patsy had like lured her there and it's a great episode great way to end it and yeah Ebony scream as she gets thrown into the harbor is awesome it's really well done great great scene season three uh I'm I really like when they defeat the chosen when they like they they uh disarm the bomb it's a lot happening in that episode and I really do enjoy like I I like what Trudy says to people like you know I've let fear rule me and if we keep letting it rule us you know, we were never going to be free of the world we're living in. It's just a great power moment for her. And I, you know, Ebony and I mean, like Alice and Ned are trying to tunnel out and they get, they get Casey out and a great triumphant moment, you know, Bray pretending to be his brother and he looks freaking awesome in that zoot makeup. Go Bray. You know, that's a, it's an awesome okay. moment right there. Everyone cheering you know and just the fact that they won't leave they're like you guys leave the bot we can't disarm this thing and they're like we're not leaving you and oh it's a great scene do i have a favorite season four scene i'm gonna try i'm gonna be fair here um believe it or not i really like the first episode i i there's a lot of great scenes in season four like on their own by themselves they're good scenes I, I, hell, I even like that one where Lex is fighting Siva as a gladiator. That's like, like it's, it's kind of cinematic, you know what I mean? I kind of, like, there's something kind of cool about it, you know? Um, but I like the Techno's arrival. I felt like, oh my gosh, like I was anticipating who these guys were. I love how their entrance is fantastic. It's actually really brilliant. One of the better ones ever. Great, great introduction to a tribe foreboding. It gets your blood pumping for the rest of the season. You can't wait to see what's going to happen next. All these people are missing. What's going to happen? The music is new and different. Everyone's looking to the sky as freaking paratroopers are falling out of it. That was expertly done. Really well handled. Season five. Do I have a favorite scene? Honestly, I kind of think Mega's death, even though some of it's a little goofy with him and Ram fighting an artificial zoot. I do like the heart behind it. Like, I like how Ram, you know, psychologically dares Mega to do this and help them. I liked that, you know, shows off Ram's intelligence and the fact that, you know, Josh is thrown off when his brother is being threatened by the artificial intelligence and realizes that he can't pretend that he doesn't care. And then, you know, he saves Ram's life, you know, and, and just stays in this game and this artificial reality knowing it's going to kill him. But if it gives his brother a chance, he'll do it. Even though it looks stupid, like I still think it looks dumb. I do like the thought behind it, like the idea of the scene. And I thought that was cool. And for me, one of my season one favorite moments is actually Trudy with her plastic knife. <laughs> Can't help it. It's just... You would say it. <laughs> well, it, it. It's between that one and come anywhere near Bray or Brady and I'll scratch your eyes out. But, and well, I... I simply love Trudy as pre-mother. I can't help it. We knew that one too. <laughs> the moment with 
spray on the fire is just that's a stellar scene Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was always thinking Trudy's thought bubble as he's trying to talk sense into her and her thought bubble is like yes but you wouldn't give me the D you have to burn mm-hmm. <laughs> and then well I, I like the moment when Danny holds the crossbow to Bray she had a good introduction yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, as a classic did. introduction right there. Mm-hmm. after everything her, her introduction was fun yeah definitely um, I in the later seasons I enjoy the moments with um, actually with Mouse when Mouse finally opens up and S- Mouse and Charlie start talking <laughs> stunk in a cup you know, you, you see these children who can speak, but just cannot bring themselves to speak to strangers until they trust them enough. And, well, of course, I absolutely have no choice but to love the moment when Mega gives that tiny teddy bear to Brady. Mega trying to be human. That's hilarious. Yeah. It's so cute. This is how humans interact. Here, I brought a bear for the little one. The bear even has a teeny tiny techno logo shirt on can you imagine the person who said hey maybe the kid will like this and he's like why (laughs) what do i do with this (laughs) give it to the kid (laughs) true because you know he didn't come up with that on his own a teddy bear t-shirt with a techno logo on such short notice because they're everything's branded with the technos the technos would have they would have they would totally have merch absolutely (laughs) yeah it's it's like the Apple store. Like everything has to have the logo on it so they you know that you pray, paid a premium for this. That's totally Ram's idea. So thank you, panel, for our mid-season special. Um, we will see you next time for episode 27. So until then, bye. 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 Bye.